It's called wokeness, and it's a plague. A plague that places tyranny before freedom, criminality over virtue, and hate over love. It's a plague that threatens what millions have died for. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. We will fight it. We will defeat it. We will eradicate it. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the least woke man in America. That's right. I am the least woke man in America, and you are the never woke nation, a large group of people dedicated to fighting against the meatless, gunless, godless, generless, free speechless, walking on eggshells nightmare the progressive left, the woke left, is trying to create in this country. We call it Praghelia here at Least Woke, the Least Woke podcast, because it is a nightmare that most of us cannot relate to. And in some days, I don't know about the rest of you, I feel like we're fighting back against it with DeSantis, with Elon Musk. Uh, but then, then some days I feel like I, I read headlines and I feel like we're losing ground. So I, I'm not sure what to make of it, but we're going to talk about that here. One thing I wanted to mention first, we are everywhere. The Least Woke, pod, least woke Man in America podcast is everywhere now. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeart, Podbean, Amazon, Spotify, and soon Pandora. We also have our Facebook page. We're on Twitter. And we have our awesome YouTube channel, Least Woke Man in America podcast channel on YouTube, where you can see my big handsome face with all my funny expressions if you want to watch it on there instead of downloading the podcast. Or, of course, you could just click play on leastwoke.com and listen to it right off the site. So we are everywhere to make it easier for our audience. Now... What I wanted to do here, there's so much going on in the news, and I will have multiple podcasts over the next couple days. I mean, you think about it, we got inflation, the abortion, abortion situation with the Supreme Court, um, the Senate primaries, uh, the, the primary in Ohio, J.D. Vance won that, uh, Russia, Ukraine, um, the and what I wanted to start with, really, what this first one was supposed to be about, is Joe Biden. And you'll notice in all my podcasts, I'm not a uh, over. I don't overwhelm them with Joe Biden stuff by design. Uh, Joe Biden is a demented, very weak president. Uh, I just can't. I call it the weekend of Bernie's presidency. I know there's been a lot of memes about that, but there's only so much I could take seriously with Joe Biden. Uh, I take the people around him more seriously because I think that's where most of the power is coming from. I don't take his gaffes. I know a lot of podcasters on the right and YouTubers, um, you know, they'll just harp on his gaffes. I've never been a big gaff person, um, and I'll tell you why, whether it's all political people, right, left, media people, because if you talk thousands of hours during your lifetime, you're going to make mistakes. But if you take Joe Biden, who's severely demented, we all know on the right, he was how irresponsible it was to vote in someone in his condition and to be president of the United States atop the most powerful economy, the most powerful military, a country of 300 and 
30 million people to make him in charge of that just because of the mantra that at least he's not Trump was just so grossly irresponsible. Even though we're the ones paying as irresponsible because we supported Trump because of the way we behaved during COVID. To make Joe Biden president of the United States was so irresponsible. He clearly has serious problems. Serious problems. So when he makes a gaffe... But, I try not to overplay it because, frankly, I try to put pressure on myself to come up with so much more substance for this podcast than just writing and make, making fun of Joe Biden gaffes. I mean, the only thing is some of them are so da- – um, they're different than a normal politician making a mistake or misspeaking. Uh, like the one recently when he couldn't even say the, uh, about the kleptocracy over in Russia and he couldn't get the words out. And I mean, when he makes mistakes – either. It goes on for you know, 20, 30 seconds. It's painful to watch. Or the a recent thing that's going around the last 24 hours about him talking about eating lunch with segregationists. So that part of the whole thing is a disaster. But I try not to harp on it because I have so many interests. History, psychology, economics, politics, uh, even in my personal life, construction, gardening, etc. that I could share in this podcast. That I want to put pressure on myself, not just to make ride gaffes, not just of Joe Biden, but the, AO, the stupid stuff AOC says and other just left-wing clowns. But that being said, we have to bring it up sometimes with Biden just to illustrate um, what a dangerous situation we're in. Okay, so Gaffes aside, Biden, and this is what I want to start with, was the stuff he said. Uh, one at the uh, annual dinner, the uh, that the president at the White House with president and the media. Now Trump, had, I, I don't know if you, Trump even had one. I can't remember. I know he didn't. He might have had one. He canceled the rest. They made fun of him for it for being like a sissy for canceling it when. Um, at the time, remember, they were promoting the Russia story, and the Russia story wasn't just a story. If it was true, and they used the false evidence that they paid, were trying to buy, or they did buy, Hillary's campaign bought, Trump and his family could have been arrested and possibly shot for treason, if anything, gone to prison for decades. So Trump knew it was false. Why would he fill him, go to a room full of people who are promoting all that. I mean, this is beyond the normal, because normally the president uh, gets roasted by the media and the president roasts the media. It's a fun time. That was not fun. There was a kind of tense during the George W. Bush years. Of course, it was a big honeymoon, touchy-feely love fest during the Obama years. But the Trump thing was so serious, I don't blame him for canceling it. So Biden goes there, and he literally... And this wasn't reported much. It's like he spiked the football in the face of the Fox News people when it came to the vaccine. I don't know if any of you saw this. He said, um, you know, he pointed out everybody in the room is vaccinated and boosted, including the Fox News table. And he pointed to them and everybody started laughing. And I found it all disturbing. So I was going to talk about, I'm going to talk about that in a future podcast. There was the very dangerous thing Joe Biden said about MAGA people being the most extreme political group this country's ever had in our 250 year history. Did you know that? That MAGA is the most uh, dangerous group, not the group that uh, burnt uh, buildings down after the George Floyd thing. Um, not the people who are spying on Donald Trump's campaign. 
So, and we're going to talk about that in a future podcast. But see, here's the thing. And that's why the name of the podcast is, is Joe Biden just the tip of the very, very disturbing iceberg that we're looking at right now? Because you know the old saying with the iceberg, you just see the tip, but there's way more ice under the ocean that you can't see. Because... The reason I bring this up, and I kind of reworked everything, was because in the last 24 hours, uh, there was a personal situation I went through and an article that I popped up this morning that made me recalibrate everything. Um, first of all, yesterday, I was in a situation where I went to a gas station in upstate New York. I live here in the People's Republic of New York, and I'm, I, I'm dead serious about all this. So I go to this gas station and uh, to grab, grab some water, and while I'm there... Um, a, a gentleman walks in, I wouldn't even use the word gentleman, late 20s, bedhead, uh, sweatshirt on, unshaven. He walks over towards the beer area of the gas station where they sell beer. Whatever, no big deal. All of a sudden, the two women that work there, there's a black woman and an Indian woman, the black woman goes, there he is, there he is. And she went over and tried to stop him from grabbing the beer and he grabbed the beer and he tried to run out and she grabbed him and started bear hogging him. I am not making this up. The Indian woman ran more. I was dumbfounded, but I started to run towards it because, I, I mean, on the one hand, it's kind of dangerous for me. I have no idea if this guy's a gun. But on the other hand, you have a middle-aged black woman trying to wrestle the guy. And I felt bad for her. And uh, so he, he pushes her away, runs out, myself, another customer, and these two women that work at the gas station follow him outside. He jumps in his car and I said, well, you got to get the get license plate. You got to get, so all of us ran over. We got his license plate because he had locked himself in the car and then he took off. Uh, this is dead serious. So, um, and then I, I, I couldn't believe it. The uh, woman said to me, and uh, I hate to say, you know, he's a white guy, you know, in this new racial world, it doesn't matter if the woman was black or the guy was white, but I kind of use I point out people's colors more than I used to. Even when I write articles on this podcast, I'll say it, black, white, black, to mock just how foolish this whole race is everything in this situation in this country. All right, so that's why. I do. But in this situation, I just thought uh, I pointed out this guy was a white guy, so I'm not on his side, all right? Even though I'm the least woke man in America, this middle-aged black woman, uh, I'm sure she's not making a ton of money working in a gas station, uh, went above and beyond trying to stop him. I actually told her afterwards, I said, um, I said, you shouldn't have done that. I go, um, he could have had a knife, a gun, a needle. He could have punched you in the face, knocked you in the floor. We could have got a con concussion all over a can of beer. And then she said, I'm not kidding. Those of you who live in states where everybody, you know, if you live in Alabama, Montana, Texas, uh, this is foreign to you. He robs us sometimes three times in one day. Because I don't really, if a lot of you know this, the Star Wars bar scene states, the progressive states like I live in, especially New York, they have enacted bail reform. Bail reform. And what that means is, what that means is they decided, you know, the typical, well, some people can afford bail and other people can't, the typical liberal bullshit. So you get rid, they got rid of all bail. So literally in this state, I'm not kidding. People are arrested, the cops go through all the paperwork, and they're let out, and sometimes, not Tucker Carlson boogeyman talk, not Fox News boogeyman talk, these are real stories from real people, 
they may they do they will commit another crime within hours of being let go crime is rampant crime has exploded like i've never seen in my lifetime even here in up, upstate new york where it's much more conservative um than um uh, downstate and uh now the rural areas the crime has not gone up as nearly as much as the progressive suburban areas that own less of the these things firearms okay hee <laughs> hee but anyways because the criminals know i mean you got a whole different ball game if you break into a house in one of the more rural areas then the you know signs that had biden harris uh you know in the front yard you might as well say rob me <laughs> you might have said rob me signs in the front yard and that's exactly what's taking place in some of the suburbs all right so such a crazy story and i've been harping on this bail reform stuff i've heard horror stories but it's one thing to hear the stories to read about it to talk about it and i i have landlord customers of mine i have uh the tummy stories uh, you know, uh, I have just regular non-landlord because all I talk, I'm out in the general public all day. I have employees tell me stories. It's just a rampant, out of control lawlessness, and it's sad. And it, it's a, a regression at warp speed, and that's why we call it Praghelia. We, we are going into a hell lawlessness, and I and I've noted this before on this podcast that um um. It's one thing to say, oh, we're like a third world, coming like a third world country. I think it's worse than that. I really do because there are many third world dictators throughout history where there was law and order. They might have went too far. There might not have been justice necessarily, as far as getting evidence and you know making sure you know put the all the onus on the um, on, on finding the evidence and making sure that they. Uh, innocent people were put in jail. We really emphasize this in this culture, which is a good thing. And you, you can get away with that when you're dealing with good people. But when everybody's bad and society breaks down, it's harder to make that work. Um, so I saw this all up front yesterday. But when that woman said, you know, the really reason she tried, one of the reasons she tried to attack him because he robs the place three times a day and it's so frustrating. So now the criminal defense system is so has broken down to a point where a middle-aged woman working the gas station, probably for 15, 16 bucks an hour, is bear-huggling and trying to tackle some guy who frankly could have hurt her because she's so frustrated. And that's progress. I would say they should be ashamed of themselves, but they're not ashamed of aborting babies after they're born. They're not ashamed of suppressing Hunter Biden's laptop story. They're not ashamed of saying that men can become pregnant. So why would they be ashamed of any of this? Right? So I don't think the psychological capacity for normal, healthy shame um, is in their mind. They get, Maybe they feel ashamed when they eat meat or other people eat meat, but they're, they don't necessarily feel ashamed that a middle-aged woman working at a gas station has to try to stop a crime and stop somebody from stealing something because law and order has broken down to that point. So, again, clueless Joe, dementia, gaffes, uh, a criminal, really, if this stuff comes out to be true, that he was getting a kickback from Hunter, and it also makes him a terrible father. But, you know, we can point to the politicians, and we can do the whole uh, jerseys, Democrats versus Republicans, and everything is settled just in elections 
But what is going on below the top of the tip of the iceberg when you see stuff like this? That's what concerns me. The elections will take care of themselves if you're dealing with good people. But what type of rot is taking place when a situation like I just mentioned is occurring? So that was the personal situation that I wanted to share with you that kind of made me recalibrate as far as where to go with this podcast. The second thing I mentioned was a story. So I was driving my beautiful gas-guzzling pickup truck, which I know is a violation this morning, and um, the Prokelia, the Prokelia violation, my beautiful fossil fuel devouring pickup truck, which, well, it's a 4x2, 1500, so in redneck world, it makes me a big sissy, but at least I'm not doing uh, as much gas as everybody else, all right? So <laughs> I guess I'm a moderate. Anyway, so I'm driving, getting caught up in news like I normally do uh, when I'm driving, devouring information so for my beautiful fans to share with them but this one floored me it absolutely floored me um as someone who runs a small business it uh really it, like i said it, the what i'm going where i'm going with this is okay so the wall street journal i was listening to the news on the wall street journal app and it was a story about this new phenomenon where People not just apply, but apply for a job, get the job, are, you know, the paperwork's done, you show up the first day, blah, 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 and they don't show up. And this, the percentages are what blew my mind away. South Aerosmith, and, and the types of jobs. All right, this has been, this now it's called ghosting is the term, right? So that's the new term that's come out where you just blow people off. It's been prevail, uh, prevailing in construction for years, years, right? Especially with laborers, um, okay? So because a lot of times there's construction laborers where guys, if there's 10 of them, three of guys are really interested in becoming construction guys, and they're the ones that usually work out pretty well. They want to be there, and they have good intentions. Seven out of ten, they've got nowhere else to go. They've been crawling around on Craigslist. They are desperate for a lot of cash, for drugs or uh, gas or, you know, to pay their lawyer, anything. All right, so when you're construction, you try to screen your best best you can because you know that phenomenon is out of there. You can call them, screen, blah, 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 and... And you really need these guys. Hey, it's a good weather day. You want to get a lot done, and then they don't show up. So, um, and so the construction industry is known for years. You got to be careful with this because you're trying to get stuff done, and you might be dealing with a complete irresponsible idiot. So, Southwest Airlines, an airline, 15 to 20 percent of new hires for some jobs don't turn up on their first day. Um, I found that incredible. I guess it's the worst in manufacturing, restaurants, airlines, cleaning companies, which think about it, it's a pretty big section of the economy. And so, like I said, I it's the type of thing where small businesses are always like the canary in the coal mine, putting up with a lot of crap that you just assume big corporations don't know about, don't have to put up with, blah, blah, blah. So I've known about this for years, here and there. But now it's like trackle, trickled into the real companies. That's what Florida, with real jobs like airlines. I could see if um, someone applies, they interview, then you don't hear back from them. I used to work in recruiting myself, so I know that whole uh, rigmarole. It can be very frustrating. Or you're making them offer, they don't accept it. 
But I got to admit, this concept of um, they go through all the online stuff. Uh, they get hired. They get an offer. They're supposed to show up in the first day, and they just don't. And so, um, and there's all types of excuses. Um, and then there's one quote here. Sometimes job seekers sign on and almost immediately stop answering text message about where to go for further training. Other shifts for others show up for one or two shifts. Excuse me then disappear without picking up their paychecks. About 80% of new hires eventually disappear without notice. Ms. Zhang said she's in charge of new hires at Duster and Daisy Clean Service. My, it is just mind-boggling. I don't know if any of the rest of you, maybe under the age of, over the age of 25, this has got to be mind-boggling. Um... There's a last paragraph here, uh, small business owner. We used to take it very personally. Yeah, I know what you're talking about there. When we thought it was just, it was just us. Then we started to talk to other business owners, and they're dealing with the same thing. So I mean, it is unbelievable. And and there's excuses baked within the article here about um, they have so many options and. You know, they might get a different job before they show up to the one that they've, you know, accepted and committed to. And <laughs> um, there's a quote here from uh, chairman and CEO of uh, Manpower, which is a huge staffing organization. The incidents of so-called ghosting, of accepting offers and then saying that they'll start up and not show up, is it a record high? Gee, I think so. <laughs> My God. It's multiples that we've never seen in other tight labor markets. So I remember other tight labor markets. Uh, 2006 was a very tight labor market. And that's happened to me when I was working in recruiting. And we dealt with some, you know, sketchy people. But this is out of control. Uh, 80% disappear. Um, so where I'm going with this is, this is, kidding aside, this, this is dangerous territory right here. What it shows is, um, let me tell you the light version of quote unquote ghosting that, okay, that put, put it this way. There's two types of ghosting. Ghosting where the other human being who did the ghosting feels bad and guilty for ghosting the other human being. And then there's the type where there is no guilt. So let's start with the first, because I know, uh, other people in sales and especially on businesses are guilty of. Um, accidentally ghosting people without intention and don't like the fact that it happens. Just out of simply overwhelm. And frankly, in my theory is, it's because of smartphones. I have a theory, I'm not going to go into it now, that because of texting and emailing on your phone, um, it makes us feel like we're capable of doing so much more than we, it, um, than we should be doing in a certain role within a business. Uh, that 20 years ago we wouldn't be doing. For example, because everything's on the phone now, one person can do some bookkeeping, one person can do some sales, one person can do some ordering, where before that was broken up uh, within the company to different roles. There was no smartphones, there was just landlines, and that person was responsible for it. And uh, it, it, and this goes into all businesses. And, and it really creates overwhelm, burnout, and just not to be able to keep track of everything. 
And so in that situation, I've gotten to the point personally that I try to conduct business sometimes, like I say, like it's 1987. Because in my business and home improvement that I do during the week, um, you know, I could turn on internet stuff and just get overwhelmed with leads if I really wanted to. And it just turns into a circus. I can't get back to people. It's stressful. It's irritating. Other people are irritated. And I just pump the brakes on the whole thing. And I don't care where that puts me as far as my competitors, what they would say uh, compared to other people, and just a more methodical process of staying on top of everything. And like I said, I, like it's 1987. <laughs> and people could laugh all they want. But I mean, human beings are not, we were not meant to um function in the way if you really ramp up the smartphone and advertising and all types of cra crazy stuff going on it's not fair to everybody involved but you at least have to have the sensitivity that this is not a professional right way to operate okay so that's the first group of people and there are many of them out there realtors landlords small business people where again because of the smartphones it gets overwhelming now there's another group and this is the focus of the article and it's a massive group of people, especially younger people, where it's just, I, I, I don't know if it's a combination of just abject narcissism, of not caring at all about the other human beings you're dealing with. I mean, it could be a company, say it's Amazon, and you've gone through two months of online crap trying to get your job and blah, blah, you kind of burn out, and then finally you get your first day sign up that screw it, I'm not going. I mean, there's still other people involved that work for Amazon that are relying on you. And I'm not trying to sound like some perfect guy because I'm not by any means, or that I've never screwed up like this before. But again, what concerns me is the lack of sensitivity. Not, I'm not talking about sensitive like crybabies, just the other human beings that this is all acceptable. And it's like nothing means anything anymore. Commitments or what you say. And the reason this bothers me so much is because I've been in situations before where I've been the commercial person who wasn't exactly reliable because I've been to others because I've been ghosted myself or have had someone completely unreliable. And the difference between them and me, them and myself is it really bugs me. It makes me look bad, and I don't like that. Where they might think it's a big joke because of the product of this narcissistic, apathetic situation I'm talking about. And for those of you in the corporate world who might work in accounting or engineering or legal work where you kind of just work in your own office, your own cubicle all day, and you kind of aren't connected, and God bless you for it, to all this that's going on, it's bad. It's terrible out there with this all this this ghosting situation and what really teased me off and again it's, it's the below the iceberg you can talk about politicians and elections until you're blue in the face but if this is the way your society functions you've got a serious problem in your hands good president or terrible president like joe biden okay so um and this it, it reminds me of the jordan peterson stuff he talks about um, with a postmodern uh, mentality that's really prevalent now, the main mentality, especially maybe under the 30, 35 and under, as far as uh, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth, in the can of worms as far as narcissism, that's, whether it's psychologists or sociologists who agree with him, that you're opening with that type of mentality. 
because it's just the, the rest, like I said, what's real, really, really true and is it important and other people besides yourself are really important. And I mean, where are you going with that type of mentality? And as I mentioned before, you, you, you take in the possible times that we could be going into if you look at the inflation situation alone. It's one thing I've always said, whether it's uh, natural disasters, wars, even COVID. During COVID, I even mentioned this on a podcast. The human element is what concerned me the most, not the virus, as far as how human beings will react to it, as far as rationality, self-centeredness, we're on the spectrum. And here, here's another perfect example, because what I want to say is these same people that are doing this, ghosting, unreliability, they are the same people that will walk into a Panera Bread or a Starbucks or a Home Depot or go on vacation at a hotel or a resort or fly in an airline themselves and have the nerve to get pissed if the plane's running late, the food isn't cooked right. Um, so they want a stable first world level of living with a complete um, four-year-old level of psychological maturity. That's the part that just drives me nuts. No one's honest, no one's reliable, but oh, let's complain when we go anywhere that it's not meeting our standards. That is not how this works. That's not how it's, not, that's not how it's ever worked. Um, so, and, and you know, like I said before, like I've said before, this is the group, and I'm not saying there's not right-wing people baked into this, I'm not saying that. But as I've mentioned before, the shift towards Pragahelia, Pragahelia, where, you know, the Vietnam vet, the MAGA hat on, MIA POW patch on his shirt, 76, 72 years old, always been early for everything, never paid a bill late in his entire life, wouldn't think about getting back to anybody, you know, not, fall, not following through on a commitment, is, oh my God, isn't he so awful? I can't believe people even think that way. I can't believe people even vote like that. I can't believe someone would drive a car that big. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the pollution? I oh my god! I bet he's one of those gun nuts. I, I can you imagine how many guns he owns. What a waste of money. They can do. You could have a type describing a guy that way who is one of the ghosting people. Actually, because of the self-deception baked in with this woke nonsense, thinking they are the good person in the equation when there's someone you cannot build a functioning society around think about that and um so i mean that's that's what i said i mean i to me joe biden the joe biden presidency the some of the leaders we have in office now the aocs the nancy pelosi's the reason they are even allowed to exist the reason they're in those offices is because they are a reflection of this article that I have in my hand. That's the only way they're able to crawl into those offices in the first place. And I'm just sorry I'm so animate about this. It's part of its anger, frustration, part of its concern. Because like I said, this is just a level of obliviousness. And I, again, 
you can make the case with the big corporations. I understand uh, it's more complicated and annoying now, based on what I hear, it's, I haven't done it in a while, to applying in the big companies. It's so bureaucratic. And they're rude on their part as well, as far as getting back to people and all that, which isn't right. But the small businesses, there's no excuse. A local restaurant, a small bank, a doctor's office, where you're dealing right up front with the people and you don't show up for the first day, don't let anybody know. And it's just abject rudeness. It's narcissism. It, it, part of it is all the drugs that people are on, the way it numbs people's senses. Michael Savage has talked about that for years. I might not agree with him everything, but it numbs, the, whether it's the pharmaceuticals or the illegal drugs, it numbs people's souls. It really does. And this is a reflection of that. And the abortion situation, which we'll get into, is a reflection of that. So, But I'm not one to sit here, as I've mentioned before, podcast after podcast, crying, complaining, saying the world's coming to an end. And that, you know, a bitch session, I guess you'd call it, right? That's not the purpose. The And it's not the purpose to have the fatalistic, which drives me insane, cynical. Well, you know, man, times have changed, and it's a new generation, and that sometimes that's the way it works. And, you know, they don't know any better. We'll get through it, maybe, somehow. Blah, 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 blah. No, so, as I mentioned with Elon Musk, with Trump, with DeSantis, even with Zelensky. Decisive action in troubling times. That's the best you're going to do. The ship might sink. I don't know. I'm not going to put some sugar coat on it because that's not my personality. But my God, at least you'll have self-respect trying to fix it in the process, which again is what we're trying to do here, whether it's the least woke man in America or never woke nation, because this does not work and it's ridiculous. And, um, and like I said, you know, as I was driving in my fossil fuel devouring truck, I went to Tractor Supply, one of my favorite stores, which I know is a violation. And, um, uh, you know, I'm looking there and there's uh, dog beds, $60 for a dog bed, which is right if people want to pay $60 for a dog bed. But you look at the average in, in, in Mexico, there are families that live in garbage dumps. You know, Mexico, I was reading listening to statistics recently about Mexico. I didn't realize it. Mexico is at the bottom of the uh, totem pole as far as Latino countries, as far as income, life expectancy, etc. And so garbage dumps. And you look at some poor parts of the world, the Philippines, Africa, what people have to go through. And to think that we're going to maintain a living status where we can buy $60 dog beds or i also look at dog treats i thought my god you know what in four or five of these treats there's probably more nutrition than 20 or 30 percent of the world people in the world kids in the world get in a day and dog treats in this country but i i may i might be naive it's hard for me to believe a country where certain companies have one out of five people not even show up for their first day of work how does a country like that down the road, uh, still be the country with $60 dog beds while everybody else is starving to death. I believe there is a God, and even though it might take him some time, the scales do weigh out. And I'm not saying everybody's like this, but it, we all are stuck with these people. Something's got to be done here. And it goes what I've said before. Um, what we're paying for now, the country we're looking at now, is being paid for with borrowed money. 
I mean, most of the people that built this country are either dead or the ones the, oh my God, isn't he so awful? The, you know, while we drink the, like, you know, uh, vegan rat milk. Um, I guess vegans can't even drink rat milk, but you get my point. You know, that's being paid. Their make-believe world is being paid for a borrow money. They're the ones that built this country. So there has to be a reconciliation. And I'm not laying down anytime soon, and hopefully none of you are either. But hopefully you will also speak up when you see this behavior taking place. And not, well, you know, man. And sometimes, uh, in my experience... Um, the level of, they, uh, the younger people, cause I deal with them aren't even, uh, cause they haven't even been raised right themselves. If you point this out to them, um, maybe one out of three do wake up a little and grow up a little bit because you have to understand school teachers and coaches and cops are not allowed to talk to people the way cops and teachers and, uh, coaches, especially, were able to talk to you and I when we were younger. It's all patty cake now because nobody wants to get sued or get yelled at or get fired. So if you're an employer and if they come from a dysfunctional home or just idiot parents, it might be that's the first time they've played, dealt with a mature person playing with a full deck who's willing to say what's really on their mind the first time in their lives. And so one out of three times, you will see improvement because they're literally a light bulb comes on and they don't realize what a uh you know self-centered progressive fog isn't your truth my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth um they've been indoctrinated into i'm, I'm not kidding and um there's a need for that there really is so i will have other podcasts about the issues that uh are are, are you know that are big right now but you got to come listen to where i'm coming from between the situation at the gas station and seeing this article with these mind-blowing statistics in the country that we live in, that is, at, as of right now, still the most powerful, blessed country in the world, I just had to bring this stuff up. So, again, the fight continues. It's the nature of life. We go, we face challenges, and we deal with them. And we will face more challenges, and we were talking more about more challenges on the next podcast. Thanks a lot, everybody. Look forward to see, talking to you again.